episode number 190. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast. If you're new to me, just so that you know who you're listening to, I am the author of the books, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being, and The Clear Way, Five Simple Steps to Be Mentally Prepared for Anything. These books are based on two self-help tools I created that support you in getting unstuck and getting clear so you can live deliberately. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. And now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So before I go into today's episode on how to feel on purpose, I wanted to add something small from last week's episode. So last week, I shared two stories. The first one had to do with me getting clear before gifting a friend a housewarming gift. And I shared how glad I was to have gotten clear ahead of time, because in the end, my friend returned the gift to me. And because I got clear, I didn't get stuck on upset or insult or resentment or anything like that. But what I didn't even think to share, and that's because I wasn't inside the head of my friend, was not only how easy it was to gift this gift to my friend because I was clear going in, but how I made the process of gifting that gift that much easier for my friend. You see, my friend sent me a WhatsApp message after listening to last week's episode, and after the sense of resoluteness in her voice, I asked her permission to share it with you. This is what she said. Hey, I just heard the podcast. What a great episode. And on a personal note, I just want to say, like, I'm just always so grateful for you and who you are and your friendship. And you're so generous. I mean, I completely experience you as generous all the time. And like your generosity to bring things over that I need for the house and, you know, anything I need, drive me somewhere, train station, <laughs> what, like whatever, like, okay, that's, it's like amazing. And it's not everybody is like that, but you are like that. And I, I know that about you and I'm not surprised by it. I just like, I'm continuously enjoying it. And what I also want to say about generosity is that you taking responsibility for you is generous because like the flag thing, I didn't have to take responsibility for you. I mean, not have to, nobody has to take responsibility for somebody else, but like I, I just didn't have to worry about your feelings. Not that I want to hurt your feelings ever, obviously, but like it's an act of generosity as a friend or as a person in the world that I can know that you take responsibility for you and that I don't need to. I mean, again, I know I don't need to take responsibility for anybody else, but it's that like, it's because of who you are, I wouldn't even consider taking responsibility for you, frankly. You taking responsibility for yourself and your actions and your feelings and all those sorts of things, which is you're the only one in charge of that, just like I'm the only one in charge of my feelings and all that sort of thing. I think it's an act of generosity because seriously, like when I was listening to that podcast about the flags, I was thinking like, that is so great. I really didn't worry about her feelings at all. You know, I just like knew that you brought me all this stuff with the generosity. You saw that I had other flags, like you enjoyed your process. I honestly, I was just like, 
these are some things that Shira brought me that I actually don't want to keep and I don't need to have them sitting around this teeny tiny space just taking up space for just because I'm not going to give them back to her because I might hurt her feelings. Like I never needed to think that <laughs> because you take care of you. So anyway, I just want to acknowledge and point out that generosity and tell you how much I appreciate and enjoy it on an ongoing basis. So thank you. And so my point in sharing this was not at all to toot my own horn, but to share with you that when you make efforts in your life to get clear or to get unstuck, it not only affects you, but it affects the people in your life. Okay, so today I'm going to talk with you about how to feel on purpose. Now, two episodes ago, 188, I did an episode on how to get unstuck from anxiety, and I shared with you this concept of feeling deliberately. I said that when people are feeling a difficult emotion, like anxiety or anger, for example, and they declare, I'm so angry, it's usually not precise what they're saying. It's not that they're literally feeling anger or anxiety, but they are resisting feeling those feelings. And I said that the key to emotional health and well-being is learning how to not resist your feelings, but actually to learn how to feel your feelings deliberately, meaning how to be curious about them, how to literally feel that energy of your emotions in your body and more. You can go back to that episode to learn more about that. But today, I'd like to take a look at this from a different angle. And that's to say, not how to feel a difficult emotion on purpose, but how to deliberately create any emotion you want to feel. So let me tell you a quick story to get us going. Last week, I was speaking to a potential new client. For those of you who may not know, I work with people one-on-one to coach them to get unstuck in their lives so they can get clear moving forward and live the lives they want to live. I offer one complimentary session for those interested to meet with me for the purpose of not necessarily offering a coaching session, but more for the purpose of creating an opportunity to meet with one another and decide if working together would be a good fit for both of us. So if that is something you are looking for in your life, you can schedule that meeting with me by heading over to my website, shiragora.com. But anyway, I'm meeting with this woman who came to me because she said she wasn't feeling satisfied in her marriage. She said she's been married for about 20 years, and she's just not feeling the excitement she felt when they first got married. In fact, she said she's not even sure she ever really felt the excitement she knows is possible in a marriage. And as she continued to share with me her thoughts, what I thought she was going to say was that her husband stopped caring for himself and he gained weight and he's become boring. But she didn't say any of that. In fact, she said the opposite. She said he's beautiful and he does take care of himself and he's active in many ways. It's just that she's not feeling so excited by him anymore. She also said she wasn't feeling appreciated by him nor acknowledged by all that she does in the house and with the kids and with the work that she does. And she just said to me, Shira, how do I just feel the way I want to feel towards my husband? And it's a great question. And I told her I would dedicate a podcast episode to it. 
The place I want to begin is to remind each of you that you are 100% responsible for the feelings you feel. No one in the world can make you feel anything you don't want to feel. What you feel is something that comes from within you. Your feelings are derived from your own mind. Feelings are not created from events or people outside of you. This is a really, really, really important concept that must be understood and digested before you do anything else. Another really important concept is that you are not meant to feel any one emotion all of the time. You are not meant to feel excited all of the time. That's simply not how the world works. If you felt excited all of the time, you literally wouldn't be able to know what excitement truly feels like because you would never have a contrasting feeling to be able to truly appreciate the excitement that you are feeling. And a third concept I just want to add in here is that all emotions are temporary. That's also so important to remember. For some reason, we all unconsciously believe that when we feel an easy emotion like excitement or happiness or joy, we are meant to feel that all the time. And if it leaves us for whatever reason, it's a big problem. But again, that's not how life works. Life is about the yin and the yang. It's about balance and opposites. So even when you feel an emotion that you want to be feeling, it's so important not to get attached to it because emotions don't last forever. And if you do get attached to it or attached to wanting it to stay forever, you're going to get stuck. So I'm going to dedicate a bit more on it because if you don't understand this basic concept, and I believe most people don't, unfortunately, you cannot live deliberately because you will always be at the mercy of other people's actions and behaviors. So let me give you a simple metaphor. I have a garden. It's a small garden, as the plot of land that we have next to our house is small, but it's space, and over the years I've been trying to grow things in it. If you look at my garden now, you will see a mandarin orange and a lemon tree, ripe with fruit and ready to be picked. You will also see in the ground lettuce, chard, green onions, bok choy, parsley, mint, spinach, and other spices. And on the fence that borders our house with our neighbor's house, you'll see a passion fruit vine growing. Now, a month or so ago, when I saw the mandarin orange tree starting to produce fruit, I got so excited because it's exciting to see fruit grow in your garden, right? Now, let's just pause there for a moment. It's exciting to see fruit grow in your garden. Is that a fact? Is that something I can prove in a court of law? No. I can pretty much tell you that my kids do not get nearly as much excitement as I do seeing what's growing in the garden. In fact, I don't even think they know what's growing in our garden. So notice where the emotion of excitement is derived from. It is not derived from the garden. The garden does not produce excitement for all of those who pass it. The garden is just a circumstance. It's neutral. It is not positive. It is not negative. It's not exciting. It's not dull. 
It just is. It is a fact of life. My thinking about my garden is what charges it. It's my thinking about it that makes me feel excited. It's my deliberate thinking about my garden that makes me feel happy and proud when I see it every day. So I am 100% responsible for the feeling of excitement that I have about my garden. Now, you may say, well, what if the trees aren't producing fruit? How can you not be happy about that? Won't the garden make you feel depressed after all your hard work and you're not seeing results? And my answer is no. Even if my garden is not producing what I want it to produce, I can still choose my thoughts about it. I can take responsibility for the fact that maybe I don't know a lot about gardening. Maybe I'm planting things in the wrong season. Maybe I need a different fertilizer. Maybe I need to get guidance on how to create a better garden. And when I have thoughts like those, they would lead to different emotions, like hope. The garden itself cannot cause me to feel anything. It's my thoughts about my garden that does. Now, even though I am excited that my garden looks really good and really healthy now, I cannot say I feel excited about it all of the time. Sometimes I feel annoyed when I find dog poop in it from the neighbor's dog who walks around without a leash. Sometimes I feel frustrated with all the weeds I need to pull. At one point, I remember feeling helpless with a ground cover that I put in, thinking it would just cover the ground of my garden, and not realizing it was going to grow out of control and literally end up in the yards of my neighbors. I'm not feeling excited all of the time with my garden, and I'm not supposed to. Again, if I felt excited all of the time, I wouldn't truly know what excitement feels like because I wouldn't have anything to compare it to. Staying in a state of excitement or happiness or bliss all of the time is not meant for this world. This world is meant to experience contrasting emotions. Perhaps the next world, if you believe in the next world, is for something else. So the only reason we feel what we feel at any given moment is because of what we think. And if we want to feel something on purpose, deliberately, we have the power at any given time to do that simply by generating a thought that will create that emotion. So it's actually very simple, but it's not always easy. Let me give you another example. I was thinking about this potential client and about my relationship with my husband. And my husband and I were sitting on the porch the other day and I asked him, off the top of your head, what are the first three things you think about me when you wake up in the morning? <laughs> God bless my husband, right? <laughs> but seriously, he looked at me quizzically and then he said, honestly, I don't know. What do you think about me first thing in the morning? And I thought about it. And I answered, frankly, I think about how I know you're going to complain about some body part as soon as you wake up in the morning. And I think about how you're going to complain that you didn't sleep well and that it's my fault. And I think about how you don't ever have time for me or anyone else in the house in the morning because you're always needing to leave the house really early. <laughs> and I looked at him and he smiled and I smiled back. I mean, we were kind of laughing at the sadness of the truth. 
that those are the first things I think about him in the morning. And I said to him, those aren't the things I want to be thinking or feeling about you, but it is what I think on default. Because we've been living together for so many years, and I guess I don't really have to think good thoughts about you because we already tied the knot and neither of us is going anywhere. Gosh, just uncovering all those thoughts is like mind-blowing to me. Is that what I really think? Do I really believe all of that? Do I really believe I don't have to think good thoughts about him because I believe our marriage is going to last forever? No, I don't. That's just my lower brain trying to be efficient. Remember, the lower brain just wants to think easy thoughts, recycled thoughts, in order to keep things easy. The lower brain does not want to work so hard, so it's not going to stretch itself with thoughts that you really want to have in order to create the feelings you want to feel. It's crazy, but that's just how the mind works. If I want to feel a certain way towards my husband or my garden or towards anything, I need to self-generate the thoughts that will create those feelings. It is not my husband's responsibility to make me feel anything towards him. It is my responsibility 100%. He cannot make me feel anything I want to or don't want to. Only I can do that. And I do that with the power of my mind. First, of course, I need to get unstuck using the unstuck method, and then I get clear using the clear way, which includes taking responsibility for who I want to be, which includes the thoughts I need to feed myself each and every day. The thoughts I want to think about my husband are not going to be served to me on a silver platter every morning when I open my eyes. I need to self-generate those thoughts. And so does my husband if he wants to live deliberately and if he wants to have the thoughts he wants to have about me and if he wants to have the feelings he wants about me. So here I am talking to my husband about this and I asked him, what do you want to feel about me first thing in the morning? Because of course, if you know how you want to feel, then you can work backwards and figure out the thoughts he would need to think in order to feel what he wants to feel. His response? He said he wants to feel proud, loving, and satisfied. I asked him about why he wants to feel proud, like what did he mean, and also satisfied. But after he explained himself, so I understood, I just felt this sudden switch. Like this sudden closeness that I hadn't felt in a while. But stay with me here to understand why. I wasn't feeling this sudden closeness with him because the feelings he was feeling in that moment after doing this exercise and the thoughts he generated about me that would make him feel those things about me. Because his feelings about me can't make me feel anything. And I really hope you can hear me here. Just because he was feeling proud and loving and satisfied in that moment, that can't make me feel anything towards him. The reason I felt a sudden closeness to him is because of my beliefs about that moment, which included thoughts that I love him and that I'm grateful to him and that I'm lucky. 
That's what made me feel the closeness I felt towards him. It wasn't his feelings towards me, but rather my thoughts about him. I hope you were able to follow that. If you didn't, I encourage you to re-listen to this episode because it's so important that you grasp these concepts if you want to live deliberately. The very next day, each of us rearranged our work schedules so we could go on a hike together, which we haven't done in a long time. And the way we were speaking and interacting towards one another has just shifted dramatically. And it all came down to the fact that we were both living deliberately. Now, will this last? Will I always think these things about him? Will I always be feeling the three words that I said about him? Grateful, loving, and satisfied? No, there will be times that I'll feel annoyed or frustrated, and that's okay. That's part of the process. But the important thing to realize is how you can be the creator of your life and of your relationships by deliberately feeding your brain the thoughts that you want it to think so that you can feel the way you want to feel. So going back to this potential client I met with last week who wants to feel excitement and passionate with her husband, and she's just not feeling it. My question to her was, why are you choosing not to feel those feelings? Because that's in essence, what was happening in that situation. She probably wasn't realizing it. And she also could have been blaming him something many people tend to do for how she was feeling, like that it was his fault that she's not feeling excited and passionate, and it's his fault that there's no spark in the relationship anymore. But that couldn't be farther from the truth. That's not his responsibility to make her feel those feelings. That's her responsibility, which she needs to do work on to create. And if she can't generate those thoughts, well, it could be that she's stuck somewhere and needs guidance to get unstuck which sometimes you just can't do on your own. Sometimes having an outside person to help you see things that you just can't see when you are so steeped inside your story. But it's not who he is or what he does that causes her to feel anything. It's her own thoughts about him that does. And let's take this less personal for a moment to a relationship where you're not living with the person, okay? Let's say you found out that a friend or a colleague wronged you. Like wronged you in a big way. Wouldn't it make sense that you feel anger or resentment towards that person? Well, that would seem like the natural automatic response, but you don't necessarily have to feel that way. You can deliberately choose to feel any way you want about that person. That's your choice. If you want to feel anger and resentment, you can, but you need to own that. Because I can tell you from personal and professional experience that you have choices. You can feel angry, you can feel resentful, but you can also feel forgiving. You can also feel compassionate for who that person was being in that moment that they wronged you. And I'm not saying to be a walkover, but I am saying that you have choices, always. Now, one last thing I want to mention about this. I am really, really lucky that I have a partner who plays with me regarding these exercises that I come up with. I've shared many of these exercises that I do with my husband on this podcast and how my husband goes along with me, and it's awesome. It really is, and I am grateful. But 
Let's take a situation where you're not happy with your partner or your child or your colleague or whoever it is, and you're blaming them for how you're feeling, and they're not playing along. Like, you want them to be different, and they don't want to make an effort to change. And you believe that if they are different, you'll feel differently. I plan to do an entire episode soon on this topic about creating rule books for other people in our lives, but if you are in this space right now, what I want to encourage you to consider is to re-listen to this episode and see if you can find a new perspective. Because the truth is, the other person doesn't have to play along in order for you to feel differently about him. Your mind may say that that's how it should work, but the reality is that's not true. The only way you're going to feel differently about someone is not what they do or how they change, but about your thinking about them. They don't need to do a single thing for you to change your thoughts about them. That is entirely up to you. Always. It's a choice and you have the freedom to choose it. And by the way, if you ever want to walk out on that person because of how they're being, or because you aren't feeling what you want to be feeling in that relationship, that's totally cool. But just own that. Don't walk out because he's not making you feel a certain way, because that's not on him. That is on you. And those feelings of disappointment or lack of excitement will just stay with you once you walk out that door. And don't be fooled otherwise. Even if you want to try to convince me, there's something or someone else exciting waiting for you. Emotions don't last, my friends. Even the most exciting flavor of ice cream will become dull one day if you keep eating it day in and day out. The emotions don't come from the ice cream. They come from your thinking about it. Huge difference and so important to internalize the concept, not the ice cream. (laughs) I know this isn't easy, my dear listeners, and this is why we get coached or participate in programs together to get support we need to see things that we may be blinded to. And then once you do realize the thoughts you want to have, you need to practice feeding yourself those thoughts over and over and over again every day, just like you brush your teeth every morning, just like you wash your hands and your face or you take a shower, you also need to wash out your mind if you want it to be clean and feed it the thoughts that you actually want to have. It's as simple as that. I'd like to leave you with two quick thoughts. One, if you benefited from this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. Sharing this podcast with someone that you know and love is an act of generosity, and I would really be grateful for that. Two, I'm planning to launch my 12-week Get Unstuck and Living Deliberately course in January 2021. Since this will be the first time I launch it, I am looking for up to 12 people to go through the program with me. If you would like to be the first to know about it, be sure you are subscribed to my newsletter as I will be announcing this in the beginning of January. You can subscribe over on my website, shiragura.com. Okay, my dear listeners, thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. And as always, 
I look forward to getting unstuck, getting clear, and living deliberately with you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Living Deliberately podcast. If you would like to continue the conversation with me, come join us in the Facebook group, The Living Deliberately Hub. I look forward to being back here with you next week.